we say desire? We did. Okay, so uh, topic is uh, desire in the six realms, which was thought up amongst ourselves, right? Well, there was, we didn't have any help. Come up with that on our own. I don't know what I'm going to say about it. <coughs> so let's do it this way. The, the main of the six realms, going top to bottom, uh, God realm, hungry or jealous God realm, human realm, animal realm, um, what? Jealous. <laughs> and hell realm. Did I miss it? Sometimes, sometimes it's easy to... Um, mix those up, but this is just, uh, it isn't like these are actual realms, although they could be. Sometimes uh, if you go into a prison, which we've done, that's kind of a hell realm. It's like, it's just a terrible place. There isn't any out and out uh, violence happening, but there could be at any time. I've been in there when that happens and the whole place shuts down and you're actually locked in a prison without being convicted. And it's not a good thing. So it is said that to meditate and to actually get some uh, progress on the path, to use their relative term, is to be free of the three. Uh, to be free of the three lower realms: uh, realm of animals or ignorance, the realm of the of the the Pradaloka or the realm of hungry ghosts, or the one that's intense grasping and desire and lusting after things, and the lowest realm, the hell realm, which is uh, just out and out warfare all the time, steel and fire and Instead of the thing, brimstone. <clears throat> so, the human realm, which is uh, interesting, uh, it's been said that that's the only realm in which you can actually hear the, the teachings of the Buddha, because the rest of the time you're so preoccupied with the, what's happening in that realm that you don't really hear anything other than your situation you're in, grasping, uh, excuse me, rejecting. Even in the God realm, where everything's wonderful, you have everything you need, everything you want, everything is perfect in, the, in our situation. A good job, uh, pretty stable mentally, uh, perfect children or perfect neighbors. Everyone is kind and generous. You're just, just like heaven. It's just a wonderful place. Even when you feel have uh, difficulty, instead of complaining about that, you immediately, because of your your the way you're um, well favored in that area, you're you're able to work with that. It's just a you know you're able to work with that in a positive kind of way able to tell yourself really soothing stories about a little tiny difficulty. So desire in the human realm is uh, quite a bit of it is curiosity about if it's a fairly objective, like being curious about what's happening, what's going on. Um, but also just basic desire, uh, intense grasping is not there, but just desire, desire for to get ahead, to desire for simple things, uh, maybe complicated things, but if it gets too complicated, it starts to go into one of the other realms and be uh, uh, taken over by that particular um, environment. So the God realm is, you've already made it, you're there, you have a Mercedes, two Mercedes in your garage, and you have a Harley Davidson motorcycle, and your wife rides uh, Vincent Black Shadow. That's a motorcycle. Really expensive, or your husband, and then the the one before that, the, the jealous god realm or the realm of the titans, and this is the one where everyone is struggling, trying to get ahead, trying looking back, uh, operates on intense uh, paranoia and all of the um, the passion, aggression, ignorance, or desire to get ahead. The desire is functioning there as desire, a clinging, uh, acquiring, grasping mentality of 
trying to get ahead. We, we may all know someone. I doubt that there's someone here that's too much taken over by that, but we all know someone who their whole life is about more money, more success, more status, more, 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 getting better. And kind of, uh, if you mentioned, if you even mention any like death or anything like that, or termination of something, they say, well, yeah, I know everybody's going to die. What's next? It's never death. It's always what they're after, what they want to get, what they like, what they aspire to. And it might be, uh, if they actually are in some kind of an area where they're not looking for something else, then they might settle into kind of a God realm. Well, I'm fine, you know, I'm so I'm going to go to meditate, uh, do some meditation. Want to come with me? He said, no, you go have a good time. I think you're having a good time meditating. Probably not. So it's a, it's a quite divided up in lots of different ways, spread out. And this is just a seven or six ways of breaking down, breaking, breaking down the way the mind functions in terms of those areas. And uh, um, you could say that the God realm is uh, uh, ignorance, because you're totally ig ignoring uh, impermanence. You're there. You made it. You just got your driveway paved. <laughs> and what else is there? And it's a long driveway with, with, the, with the juniper trees lining it. And fountains. And, and you come out in, in your robe and survey your grounds. And if somebody comes along who kind of doesn't like golem, comes along and looks kind of tattered and needs help, you're not about to help. He needs to get a job. And so possibly he's your gardener. So, so God realm is like a state characterized by um, probably meanly some some uh, desire in that, uh, wanting things. But it's it might even be something uh, that might show up as wanting other people to realize how, how successful you are or wanting other people to do what you do or emulate or you might need company in your gated community. Jealous God realm is the one that wants, is trying to get into that gated community and hasn't made enough money yet but it's still struggling and there could be any, it could happen in terms of uh, anything from even, even uh, there are even people who are meditators who are functioning in that trying to get ahead, trying to be some but trying to get to the eighth boomy or something because they already think they're on the seventh boomy. Not because they've been told that, just because they look at their experience and say, yeah, yeah, seventh boomy, that's me. I'm on that. Isn't that called the stainless? Or is that the, huh? I don't know. Oh, you haven't memorized those? No. Neither have I. So the first three are characterized by hell realms, aggression, but there's desire there. It's this desire to win, the desire to kill your enemy, or the desire to maim or torture. And, and it could be an actual... One could actually, uh, in terms of desire, or could actually take pleasure in murdering someone. And it could, it's possible to do that. It might sound pretty outlandish to us sitting here in this situation, but it's uh, that probably does show up. So very simply put, all three of the three poisons are interlacing through all of those. The, the strongest one in the human realm is probably passion or just desire, the desire for something else. And... Um, in the hungry ghost realm, it's uh, the one. The image there is a really large belly and a little tiny mouth, which I think I drew in the little watercolor up there. Second, second one up from the bottom. Hope I got him in the right order. <laughs> Too late. Too late, Alex. So, uh, it was the idea that you that you're very very hungry. It symbolizes the hunger, but then the little mouth is you can't quite get 
about all that you're hungry for. So you've got a little tiny opening there. And in that one, of course, is the passion or the, or the desire there is intense craving after some, wanting something else, wanting something. And if that's uh, when it says freedom from the practice of sitting meditation, the shamatha practice or resting, resting in tranquility, and even shikantaza will, will alleviate that. It's supposed to. No guarantee of anything. Uh, did you have questions about what we talked about? That? Well, in this, the study that we were doing of Dogen this week, to paraphrase it, um, it was saying Dogen was criticizing some other teacher's understanding of emptiness. And Dogen said, because of Buddha's, or because of suffering beings, in this, and they referred to the six realms, Buddhas appear. And we were talking about the, yeah. the Buddha's in each of the... Yes. And, and the there realm are. of desire is curiosity, but there's a Buddha in every realm depicted. Mm-hmm. So if there's no curiosity, how does the Buddha help beings in the various mm-hmm. realms? Mm-hmm. So um, I think it could, the way it could be used as a teaching is to say that there isn't any, any place, that there isn't like a, a being there who's sitting next to the people who are chopping each other up and going, haven't you noticed how serene I am? Uh, even though that's the way I think it's symbolized, that's the way I, when the artwork, that's why you put a little tiny Buddha in there. It's just the idea that there isn't anything that's separate from the Buddha. Uh, the only place you'll probably hear that, though, is in the human realm because the other ones are so busy with their ideas. Their, and we all know that we're sitting here listening to this and there's some curiosity about this. We want to understand this, so here's a person who wants to tell you about it uh, based on doing this for a while. And then, but we all know somebody that we might, you might even be able to find, uh, use this classification to say, well, you know, that person is probably in the jealous God realm. You know, there's so much desire and craving for something else, something higher, something better, wanting something. Uh, one of the emotions, uh, passion or desire there uh, has to do with jealousy, wanting to, and if you don't get what you want, then the suffering is over, you know, feeling like you didn't get what you deserved, or you, you should have gotten that instead of them. The animal realm is a <clears throat> ignorance, and the desire there might be a, just a desire to just not be bothered by anything. Leave me alone. Can you see I'm busy? Here's a person in that state, we all know, someone probably, that is busy. They're busy with their what they're doing. They want, they, they, it's, a, it's a, a constructed kind of ignorance, but it's very animal-like. And that they're they're not willing to, uh, as they sometimes they give you the time of day. They want to be left alone so they can just so. Do. Sometimes you'll be talking to someone and you'll notice that as you're talking to them, that kind of a fine layer of something, fine layer of clouds or something comes across. They're still looking at you, and it looks like they're listening, but they really are not. They're they're probably thinking about how they can get away from you, if anything, so that they can go and be by themselves or not have to listen to your uh, dithyram. <clears throat> I desire that you ask me questions. <laughs> yes, does mean? Uh, an individual can move from realm to realm, right? I mean, yes. Yes, and, and one day, if, you're, if you look at this, you can. You know, there's little um, micro or mini realms. We kind of go from feeling pretty good for kind of a, like a God realm. It's really great to look out. You see the weather is wonderful. You feel good, you have your health, it's kind of there until then you go out and you have a flat tire. Now, it doesn't say you're going to go into the, the hell realm, but, you know, you could drop down a couple of notches there. Uh, or you could just fix the tire. Or you could call AAA. You might actually look at that and say, 
glad I got triple A. Go take a nap. Should I say more? Okay. What should I say? Well, maybe a qu question. Um, in the human realm where there's curiosity, but it's still psychological states of our human mind, it seems like even politically more and more, there's just so much in your face. It's so much seeming like commercialism and shutting down on... Mm -hmm. So how can we be in the world and be with or be of any benefit in it when there's no curiosity, when the impetus is just more consumerism and more... Concepts about being in the world and being in the world are not the same thing. Being in the world, uh, you, if you're in the world, you won't know it. That's a credential. You don't, you don't need the credential. If you're really here, other people might think you're here or, or not. Or they might be so busy being somewhere else that they don't notice it either. But the idea of commercialism and all of the... I wouldn't spend too much time thinking about that. It's just the, the world has always been doing been doing that forever. As you, other traditions, what is it where that says uh, wars and rumors are wars? Enough said. You're not going to be able to convert the whole... Um, literally billions of people that prefer to not look at this and prefer to just operate out of passion, aggression, ignorance, gaining ideas, losing ideas. Sometimes even very, very basically relatively sane people are still wound up in this. They just aren't, aren't on the tail end of it where the, where the, the fuselage is burning off. They're, they're actually on a, a yacht uh, 10 days before the Titanic sinks. So, you know, you can't do anything about the Titanic. The only thing you can do is receive and the information that comes about anything or anybody, you can receive it. But what you should do, what you could do, what is possible to do is, uh, if you're free and well-favored, which if you're in this room you are, is train your mind. And it, it, won't give you a, it won't give you the materialistic kind of result that a lot of other activities will. Temporary, uh, temporary results, temporary success, temporary, everything is temporary, nothing lasts. Anything that is created is going down. And uh, Buddha nature or wisdom is uncreated. It's always the case. And, it's, and to see that as transcendence, you transcend this world without, your body won't go anywhere. Like go to the bathroom. So the ordinary situation is still happening, but your understanding goes, penetrates everywhere. And it doesn't feel like an accomplishment. So I would say, as you've heard me say, don't take your eyes off the news. Don't stop listening to it. And it's not, you don't have to sit back and take it. If it's irritating, say so. There's nothing wrong with, you know, yelling at the TV. I'm not recommending that, even though I do it myself, yes. Um, like, like the psychological categorizations, like the Enneagram, mm -hmm. we can, we can use that to classify yeah. people. So this, so as I was listening to you talk, especially the animal realm, I thought, oh, that's teenagers. That's, <laughs> That's who I, I work animal with them every day, animal realm. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> gang members, hell realm, so, yeah. social climbers. Yeah. Um, and do you go, do you see, can you see yourself going through those in your life? I mean, can you... Can you can I you? can, yes. Mm -hmm. So my question is, how, how can this be helpful on the Bodhisattva path to see people more clearly and yet... I don't want to classify them. I don't want to well, demean them. Okay. Everything is changing all the time. So someone, even in, even our own mind, you might be, something really gets terrible. You might be in a state of hell. You might not be fighting anything, but you might feel so put upon by someone close to you uh, getting uh, sick or, or, or dying or something that 
wasn't expecting it, just so unexpected. It's got to be devastating. So there could be a hell realm mentality of wanting to get revenge or wanting to... So there could, it could be happening, but probably isn't going to last very long. Whereas some people, their whole life is characterized by that. They actually get their value out of being at war and winning. Gangs do that. If you, if any of you watched any, which I'm sure you probably have some, but there's all kinds of movies and so on about that kind of living, that kind of life. It's quite popular to watch horrible, horrible people, painful situations, uh, fighting each other. Go ahead. So as so as someone as someone as to be bodhisattva, this is helpful because if I look in my, I see it in myself what that might look like, it helps me to recognize that in someone else and have compassion? No. No. No, well, a little bit, but mainly the idea is to understand that things are moving around in this way and taking different forms, passion, aggression, and ignorance shows up in different realms or different forms. And those realms show up in our own minds. Sometimes we're actually in a state of lust or sometimes we're in a state of just, you know, piggly-wiggly. You know, just no, just shut off from everything or, or ignoring or distracting ourselves. And it, sometimes going to some kind of entertainment actually is a active form of ignorance because you're just looking at something that just keeps your attention so you don't have to look at the other things that are coming apart or that might even need your attention or your time and your uh, input. Um, but I don't, I don't think it's, I'm not, I'm not saying that we need to study these so that we can understand other people and necessarily on the other hand and on the same hand if you you can see it's if you're watching what someone's doing uh, or how they're acting or how they're talking and you notice this comes up then then it gives you a little bit of a, an understanding or a dynamic to see that that their state of mind uh, is uh, is governed by uh, um, um, jealousy you cannot communicate with that person so it's helpful to know that the only one you're probably going to be able to communicate with is someone in the human realm. This is a person who's, who's relatively reasonable, has some curiosity, might even have some curiosity about their own mind. And it's a person that if you said, well, it seems to me like you're just making a big deal out of something. And they might say, how do you mean? And, you know, they're curious about it. What do you mean by that? Huh? Or, you know, you, have, you could have a conversation where someone in the, um, any of the other realms is, uh, what you have, the way you work with them, is stay in touch with them and see if there's a time when they pull out of that nosedive, whatever it may be. They're going into a drug rehab, which we do, or into prisons. Actually, some of the most open-minded, receptive people uh, you meet are in prisons because they're they're stuck in a box where they can't do anything, and so it's kind of a, in, an enforced awareness practice. I certainly wouldn't call it that to them, but it shows up that way. Uh, they're there's a lot of stability in people who are who are being punished. Uh, not a positive kind. It's more of a, a hope and fear kind of stability. So, well, yeah. so it's about awareness. It's not about being a person who helps people. I mean, even though you're a nurse, you know, and a therapist, and you're a physical therapist, and people are in traditions or functions that where you're helping or working with people, uh, you, and you should. I mean, we're not saying... But saying the, the bodhisattva path is not might not show up as someone actively doing anything to be or for instance if someone says uh, to me oh your you your help is so great that you can do this and that they're actually missing what's actually happening here I'm not really doing that much I mean I, like I'm I just it doesn't function that way 
questions about that or anything are good. Go ahead. Did you want to get So what are you doing? That is because yeah. it feels like help. So what are you well, doing? Well, meet, meet people where they're at. And so that's, that's all I'm doing. I meet you where you're at, and it, it may seem like I'm helping you. I really, uh, if I were to say this in the ultimate way, I don't see anybody to help. Actually, I'm over here, and I know stuff, and I can help you. It just doesn't show up, to show up that way. No, you may think, that, but that's your projection. If you see who this is, uh, you may go in another direction. You may not. I would say hang around. I might need some help. <laughs> he chuckled. So what is it that needs to be thought of as a helping person? <clears throat> I think the, the beginning of that should be don't meddle with don't meddle with other people based on your ideas and opinions and judgments about them and don't do that. And the way you practice that is don't do it with yourself. Sit down, hold still, watch what your mind is doing. And don't add on the extra little uh, note tag or post-it note that says, I'm a bad person. I'm, I need to get better. I need to stop thinking. I need to, I need to start thinking this. I need to be more positive. I, need, I should, I should, I should. Uh, eventually you get something that's just caked with post-it notes. Yes. So how, how do you know if your own actions are meddling with yourself, I guess? Through awareness practice, by watching the movement. You have to first see the, the movements that's coming up spontaneously that you're not deliberately generating, which are thoughts coming out of the past or out of causes and conditions that have been around you for since you were born, or, or something that something triggers, something that happened to you today or yesterday, or maybe something that didn't happen. And then your own, as soon as you sit down and face the wall, uh, or any other time, but that, that way it's really kind of stark. You're here and you're just watching what's coming and going. And so you'll eventually, you'll see the way you you object to something, meddle with it. You'll see there's some ways that you something arises and you agree with it, meddling with it. Don't do anything with it. If you do anything with it, you you cover it up. I don't know how else to say it. Is there a more clear way of saying that? It seems like when you say don't do anything with it, that there's a subtle sort of um, direction that I've just done something incorrect. Say more. Well, just in talking about desire, it, my, my tendency is to want to get rid of desire. Um, but you say that's not, well, not possible, like you've said on occasion, to get rid of desire. Probably not. It's part of this whole situation. It's the, it's the, the person that desires something that creates the issue or the problem. There, there, there's an imputed identity that can win or lose or get what they want or not or lose what they are trying to cling to or hang on to. If there's no one there, then there, there could be some kind of clinging, there might be some kind of desire, there might be all kinds of things coming and going, but if it can't find a self, it can't find a person that's having that, it can't last. It, it, needs, it needs the fuel uh, of, a, of an identity that wants that. What is it to not find a self? Paraphrase your question. Help me. Well, when I think about that, I think, well, I have a body. This is a self. This is a, so it, it's to say, it, Thoughts and feelings come, and there's no self. Yeah. So uh, maybe this will help. I'll say it this way: It's to just not really take anything personally. So anything, just not not to personalize anything, and also not to depersonalize it and try to go the other direction. There's no emphasis on this, on that, as being this is the person who 
doesn't like that or likes that or is not being respected or someone who is being cheated out of their what they deserve. Or, like you, the situa- situation you sometimes have is jealousy. And so it would be the emotion of jealousy might come up, but there's no solid anchor for that of someone who is jealous, who reifies, establishes that, or um, um, there's no, there's no uh, basis for that. So therefore, it, it's just energy that has started somewhere, probably three lifetimes ago, who knows where. And then it, it shows up, but it can't, it can't find a hitching post, so it continues to go. So you might witness that arising, and then it just goes. You don't push it away, aggression. You don't uh, explain it or explain why. You don't even say past lifetime. That would be extra. That probably would cause it to hang around. Then you'd have to go have a, a clearing or something based on what? Do you believe that? More? Less? It's, it's like I, I want some kind of um, proof that, I, that I'm uh, not doing or doing, moving in one direction. It's something another. solid. Yeah. Thank you. Here. Take that. <laughs> solid. That feels pretty solid. Yeah. Hang on to that. <laughs> Could she have that? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it takes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to give away other people's stuff. But it's all yours anyway. Yeah. All belongs to me. It's just it's not in my basement. Good thing. <laughs> Be very crowded. Further questions? Yes. Does the realm that you find yourself in determine how much awareness you have? That's a good question. I think it's uh, I think it's um, uh, in in layers and stages and, and angles and facets and so on that it's difficult to pin that down. Have you uh, can you remember experiencing any of those realms? Is there one? I'm not asking you to say particular, but. Do, is there a particular realm that you find yourself in? I think on a daily basis, yeah. I find myself in all of them. Okay, that's that, that's exactly what I'm saying. If you can see that, because this is what's happening in the mind, it goes through the mind. Certainly does. I, I couldn't teach this if I didn't if I didn't have actual not just reading a book about it. I I, I can't I can't teach that way. I can't read about something and then I'm not that kind of teacher. I'm not an information teacher, but. But I'm, I relate to what you're talking about, and when you say that you experience that, then I could say, uh, like I just said, that it's, there's lots of different facets and layers, and we just we simplify it by saying, well, here's the realms, but not exactly. There's all kinds of other things that are involved in that, and the way that you experience, say, the hungry ghost realm uh, would be totally different, say, than the way I would or someone else would, and some uh, or the way the the animal realm, the realm that has to do with ignoring or distracting yourself or keeping away things. Um, you could say, well, isn't uh, the aggression might be, there might be some kind of aggression involved in that. So sometimes they, even those are those are very distinct teachings about the way the mind works. Uh, at the same time, they're, they're also, they overlap and underlap and, and overlay and, um, and so on. So a further question about that would be good if you have it. Of the three poisons, which is the hardest to bring awareness to? Ignorance. Just because the very nature of it is to not see. It's, you can see passion right when you're doing it. You can see the grasping and the, the explaining and the justifying or the blaming. You can just watch it sometimes. We don't want to know what it is because we think we're so right. Well, I'm right. They actually did do this or do that, or you did say that to me. So we have our little 
talk about the passion, and then aggression is really obvious, and ignorance is more more subtle uh, and more difficult to as one of the poisons as a discrete uh, kind of function of the of the uh, uh, delusion of a self. So it's more subtle. Is it possible that awareness changes and yet comes back strong? Awareness is always just awareness. And then the three poisons get in the way. The energy of wanting this, not wanting that, of selectivity, picking and choosing and picking and choosing, not wanting this, wanting more of this and less of that. That Those are the things that are clouding uh, the awareness. Do we have a certain capacity for awareness as humans? Different capacities. Yeah. You're not separate from the Buddha. Don't take my word for it. Find it out. Different humans have different capacities for awareness. They all have the same capacity, but they, they have different... Uh, different layers of uh, uh, being free and well-favored. Some people are so imprisoned by their... They all have the same capacity to awaken and see uh, ultimate reality, just, just just as, yes, they do. But people are covered over in some ways, and they sometimes make it the causes and conditions that arise, not blaming any one person, but just... Uh, and there's not even a... a some people sometimes say, well, you have to make the right choices. Well, that's, that's a misunderstanding. Uh, if you... Because if you're making right choices based on analysis and based on right and wrong causes and conditions, who's this? Then you're gonna eventually you'll become a Nazi, because at one time that looks like the right choice. You become a Nazi. I did say that, yes, sir. Because at one time uh, I was just talking about uh, Heidegger. Who was I talking about Heidegger to? You, you, he, he, yeah, it was you. It was, uh, and he was a Nazi. Heidegger. This is a person. That, Incredible frontal lobe, uh, but sided with that. So back in the early 1930s, that might have looked like a, a viable thing for the German people. I don't know. I, I, I don't know Heidegger, nor do I did I know uh, the uh, dictator. And so at one time, things looked just like at one time. Right now, certain people think that the things that are going on uh, in our uh, country are the most wonderful thing that's ever happened. Probably not. Probably not such a good thing. But on the other hand, to go to war with anything over about that is, uh, uh, could could make things worse. That's why I say train your mind. At least you know when you sit sit down, hold still. This is not ignoring anything. I'm, I'm, and I encourage people, especially the people who don't are irritated by the news. And I say, okay, we'll watch MSNBC and CNN. And then if that isn't enough, then watch half an hour of Fox News. And then and receive it, and when you receive it, you'll be very clear on what it is. Somebody's got to be clear on this. Might as well be us. Doesn't mean we have to mobilize and do something and start a, you know, some kind of movement or something. Those uh, there's plenty of people doing those. So there's no what I'm saying is there's no there's no you can't you can't find a correct choice based on good and bad, right and wrong. I'm not saying there aren't saying deciding to do this and not do that won't show up as a better situation as opposed to a, But the, it's so complicated. Uh, you, there's no way you can see deeply into anything because it's like, it's too complicated. You can't find a single thing anywhere. But what you do find is think, it look, what looks like separation. And it's a, it's a, it's a lie. It's paracalpa. It's imaginary. It's the imaginary. If you see what this is, if you sit down and face the wall, you'll see what this is. And what is it? Not separate. It's dependently arisen. We're not. I'm not saying anything about the different what the Buddha said. Just my way of saying it. The Buddha awoke to himself. 
not separate. This isn't, this isn't transcendental narcissism. It's just there's no no separation between anything. More, less. <laughs> Does that about not being able to really make you know right choices? Does that is anyone having a great deal of trouble with that? I'd be happy to go into that deeper. But I'm not saying that someone who's you have a question. Go ahead. Right choices. It seems like um, is it that. Because you can't see ignorance. Ignorance always comes up after the fact. It's like a historical perspective. Is that how we see ignorance? Paraphrase it. Not because you're not doing it. Not because you haven't said it clearly. It's because I'm rather fuzzy. Is ignorance only seen after the fact? It looks that way. It looks like it's something you... Oh, that was... I was I was not seeing the big picture there. I saw my ideas, my opinions about it, but those were in front of what it actually was. And what was your original start of that? Okay. My thought of Josh was not saying that was yours. I could. Oh. Yeah, well, we have to keep right your other well groomed. <laughs> right. That's right. I guess when you said right choices, I thought about ignorance. So yeah. how do we know we're making the right choice if you can't see ignorance until? No, I'm saying you can't. You can't make the right. There's no way you can make a right choice out of the thinking process. I mean, you can evaluate, but it, it's just you might as well be covering up your your eyes with information that is dead. It's like you you know you if you open a menu, about very simple, and, and order something, there is no guarantee on that that the person who's cracking those eggs washed their hands. You had to say. <laughs> no, well, you know what I'm saying. I mean, we don't. We eat in restaurants out because we're ignoring all the possibilities, and, or 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 we're eating in restaurants because we're not concerned about it. We're, we're feel like we're free and well favored, and we're really lucky, right? There's no way you can. I guess what I'm trying to get to is that there's no way you can control any of this. You just can't. There's no way. And, and so I say, want to make good use of your time? Please train your mind. Sit down, hold still, find out who you are. So they have no doubts. You know who you are. And who are you? Well, not separate. But how that shows up for you is not going to... You might not say use those words. You might say, I kind of understand what Sokazama is saying, but it doesn't really look like that to me. It looks more like chocolate grape flavored chocolate covered cherries, something like that. If we get served bad food at the restaurant, well, no. in the same way we're being fed bad news, yeah. you're asking or suggesting that we keep consuming. I'm not suggesting... Not I'm, what I'm saying is, when uh, if you're using the idea of keep watching the news, yes, I'm, I'm not saying consume, I'm saying just look at it. I don't say uh, blindly accept or reject or do anything, but, but watch it. Sit a lot. Someone, One person watching Fox News and another person watching Fox News or one person watching CNN or Democracy Now! or Free Speech TV or Link TV or... Any, all the other things that are on podcasts, and oh my goodness, they're everywhere. You can find every kind of angle on everything. All I'm saying is um, be part of the world. I mean, the world is being presented all the time. Be part of that, listen to that, but don't do too much with it. Train your mind. Is it an exercise and no separation? Because the information we're receiving isn't necessarily accurate. I've noticed that. <laughs> The information you're receiving about a whole lot of things is inaccurate. One of the things is that you can you can be president of the United States, or the other one is that uh, you can be anything you want to be. It's ridiculous to tell a child that. It's it's ridiculous and, and, and disrespectful to tell them anything, but just help them uh, 
Protect them. Respect their intelligence. Respect, <laughs> respect their ignorance. Respect them. Allow them to look at the world and be in the world as they are without a bunch of, uh, excuse me, a bunch of uh, rules and laws and regulations and useless stuff. You'd be surprised how, how uh, maybe you wouldn't be surprised, but it's uh, quite amazing, let's put it that way, to me, that if someone is telling you, uh, giving you any kind of a promotion on anything, if you do nothing with it but listen, that they actually start to lose confidence in what they're saying. Do they need agreement, passion, or opposition, aggression? Or they need you to uh, walk away. I don't, I'm not interested in that. But if you just listen and, and you know, just listen and say, and you need to change your uh, body posture a little. How do you mean? <laughs> That's not a pretense because you could really you could do that and really say when somebody is saying something is absolute drivel and you know it's, it's based on some kind of insanity. Receiving that is a good thing to do. Not not arguing or debating. People that are in, a di in different realms, if they're in the human realm, they're probably going to know that. There's, there's, you might be able to have a conversation with them. But most people are in some kind of idealistic uh, fixation on something. This is right. More? More questions? More answers? Yes? You study the realms and you maybe notice or observe the resonance with a particular realm. Let's say like the hunger, there's some kind of angst and you open up a giant bag of potato chips and you just can't get satiated and you know that mm -hmm. that's not it, but you just can't. Or Fritos? Fritos or Cheez-Its. I just ate a whole bag of Fritos. You did. So I'm an authority on this. Go ahead. So you kind of, you kind of recognize that it isn't about the potato chips. You really should quit. You should quit eating them. Yeah. You but, should, but I shouldn't. Well. <laughs> because that's my day to eat. I didn't do that on a fast day. Who picks Fritos? Who picks? Who chooses Fritos? <laughs> yes. This is a tamper. I don't know. I think that whoever took corn, rolled it out, put put it in bags, put it in a store, and put it in my path. <laughs> They're the blame. So if you... If See, now you were thinking when I said that. When you said you were to blame? No. You are to blame. When I was, as I was saying that, you were actually planning your next speech. I was trying to remember what I was talking about in the first place. So what did I say? About the Fritos. They're mm -hmm. rolling them out. They got the corn, they're rolling them out. Mm -hmm. And what you else? said something else. Did I just repeat it? They put them in my way. They put them in my way. You ignored that part because you were busy distracting yourself with your thought patterns instead of mine. And I'm the teacher. <laughs> <laughs> It's still gone right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the freedom. <laughs> well, the bag's empty, sure. so I can't be tempted anymore. You're lifting me back into the <laughs> No, that's a good... Go ahead, I won't. So if you feel like you're resonating with a particular realm, but you just feel glued to it, is there any way of using the metaphors, ascending into a level that's more receptive? I think just by you're able to say that, means that it can be done, but it has to be done out of awareness, not out of some kind of strategy to avoid or get or any of that. The strategies are, we all know this, uh, how, how tiring it is to try to plan to do some kind of thing using some kind of strategy. It might have a temporary success at something, but it seems that things have to be, have to change foundationally somehow. Well, does mean? If there's, not, if there's no right and wrong, 
and if there's no shoulds, then how come these realms are hierarchical? I mean, why do we think of them as hierarchical? They should be like, you know, this is one, this is that, then, and you can be in this realm or this realm or this realm. But there isn't a good or bad. Mm -hmm. But the minute we put hierarchy, have some uh, hierarchy, mm -hmm. then we're saying something about. You could just turn it on its side. Oh, that's what I mean. Yeah, you could. I don't think it is hierarchical necessarily. Okay. It could could go. It's just a way of uh, saying. If, uh, in the the tankas, the Tibetan paintings of that, they yes. actually go around in a circle. Exactly. Yeah. So it might be better. It's just a. I didn't have a big enough piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> so but yes, it could be. Crisscrossed all different kinds of directions. So we just use that, like I'm talking about the Enneagram. We're just using those as some kind. We've got this confusing world. So it looks like the Enneagram fits that somehow. It looks like astrology. It looks like a palmistry. And everything is, uh, is showing up as some kind of information, but it's all kind of scrambled. So people come along with, like the ancient text, uh, the I Ching, if any of you have read into that at all, it's just an astonishing. Uh, set of uh, teachings from 10,000 years ago from ancient China, uh, uh, 64 hexagrams and the meaning of those hexagrams and how they work together. It's really amazing. So it's just a way of anything in the six realms. It's just a way of taking what looks like it's happening and breaking it up into some pieces. Like we take, this is a person, uh, human being, we have form, and then we have feeling, and we have perception, and then uh, concept or the thinking process. And then the sixth sense fields and their, and their objects, which is uh, the more extensive way that consciousness works. And it kind of, we see that those are all different parts that are supposed to get together and form somebody. And uh, the way Trungpa Rinpoche, and I just was talking about this recently, that uh, someone asked him once, so what happens to the five skandhas, form, feeling, perception, concept, consciousness, and the one who is awake? And he said that they're still there but they don't they don't get together and form somebody they just there's just form and there's just perception there's no one perceiving anything there's just just thinking there's no thinker so it's an interesting way to use that particular teaching to look well this is the way it's broken down and so this is the way you can uh, begin to approach that those conceptual those those constructs and those uh, uh, concepts in such a way that you can see that Consciousness uh, shows up lots of different ways. It doesn't have to congeal into some kind of somebody and have some kind of a, an agenda about anything. And to have that, uh, to experience no self, I think somebody was asking something about that recently. It's, very, it's just ordinary. It's just there isn't anyone that's ordinary. Everything is just, it's just ordinary. And then if you look at it one way, it's ordinary. And if you look at it that much different, it was just nothing at all. Uh, there's no no real change. You can, I don't know how else to say it other than it's completely ordinary, flat beige, and it's uh, absolutely astonishing that there is such a thing as a uh, consciousness at all. Most people are completely oblivious to the incredible um, extent and power of consciousness. It's not. It's not just localized. It's not here. This is just a processor. Consciousness is everywhere. Consciousness is in this room, it's in this house, it's in this in this woods, it's in the sky, it's in the ground. Not being romantic about it, but it, there isn't anywhere that it isn't. You can actually move your consciousness right now. I can say, I'm going to count to three, and I want you to all put your consciousness in the top of those trees out there. 
Don't close your eyes. One, two, three. Here we are. No change. Anybody experience no change at all? Did anybody experience a change at all? Were you in the trees or not? Something about that is interesting. Still have, still be embodied. And this gets even more extreme, of course, when we, uh, uh, when we close our eyes, do it that way, then it gets more uh, almost imaginary or something we discount as not being real. Well, this isn't real. Uh, that right there is real. You can't destroy that. Whereas this is going down. This house, 50 years from now, is going to be in a forest fire. It won't be here, so don't worry. It'll be gone. But that, what we just said, talking about the top of the trees, uh, any of you who are here 10 years from now, 20 years from now, that's still there. You can still go back to those trees. You can return to that place that we all, all uh, 10 of us all created all at once together. It's because it's, it's outside of the con convention of time and space. And it's experiential. Yes? Is there a center to consciousness? It's a... <clears throat> um, it's... Uh, Trump Rinpoche uh, talked about it in an interesting way. He has a centerless fringe. He said everything is, is, on, is in a centerless fringe. There's no center to this. It's just the fringe. So you can't... As an entity or as a consciousness, you can't find a center. Yeah. It's blowing my mind. Hmm. Good. Blue mind too. Yeah. It's never come back together. Yes. Using um, the idea of not taking something personally as a way to talk about no relationship to no self. Some yeah, uh, you, you could use that. Some people that would not work for it. Other people that would be a good. Yeah. Approach. Um, I mean, it kind of is working for me. So I'm hoping that you can say more. I don't know. If I'm yeah. trying to figure out the question, but so for example, if I don't, if I'm not taking something personally, but say there's something coming at me, if I'm able to not take that blame personally or the anger, mm -hmm. whatever it is, not take it personally, it's like it falls short before it ever gets to me, and I don't have a reaction to it. So, where is the self in that? It, there is no self. So am I, when that is happening, I'm just not experiencing the self until I'm now talking about recognizing that there wasn't a self. Did you feel blamed? No. Was there someone blaming you? Yeah. Did you put an X on them? No. <laughs> 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 okay. So there's something in there that it could work that way. You could just see that it's not true. So it just, as you said, it just drops short and they, they continue to blame and but they get no particular response from you because you just it doesn't resonate with you. Uh, the other way that I have talked about it a little bit is to that same kind of thing is to is to stay with the person that's blaming you and and see so that you can see deeply. If you've been working on your own mind, you'll be able to see that the reason they're doing this. You can actually see that they're suffering themselves and they can't work with their suffering. It's just too intense. So you know, you're a target, and so they start. Blaming you, and so I say, don't do anything with that. Don't, don't certainly don't point out how, how much they're suffering. That's that's their pride will get uh, in the way of that big time. But you could uh, say, yeah, I see what you're saying. Without, I mean, without caving, you know, you could say, yeah, on some level that makes sense. But you could do that a little bit. Try to have, try to get them in a conversation, uh, possibly, where you're not defending yourself. But if you just see that they're that it's not that also is fine. Then you won't won't do anything about it. Then there, then the whole thing is theirs. 
It's the interesting thing about not to. It's the interesting thing about uh, best relationship is no relationship, which is what Kumparimpaje said. He was, of course, there's a relationship, but the best one is no relationship. And what is that expression of? Not separate. You can't have a relationship with something you're not that you're not separate from. So every, everyone's wisdom is yours. Everyone's suffering is yours. Everyone is. Uh, Sometimes when people are practicing, say, I've been practicing and practicing, I feel just as miserable as ever. And I would probably say, good. Finally, it's a progress. And the idea is that, uh, there is that, is that you're not going to get away from your... You might get away from the personalization of your own personal suffering, but you can't, you can't really get away from the suffering of the world. The complete this distress that's going on everywhere that most people are covering up and just hiding out from. It's probably up in the trees. <laughs> huh? Okay. What'd you say? I don't know. I was up there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> are we? Are we? Anyone else have a question before we move forward? Dedicate to Mary. Okay. Very good. Thank you. <laughs>